All right, and we are live with Metal 571 and the one and only Oratory 1990 for another episode of the Headphone Show. Um, this one I've been super excited about because, well, for anybody who doesn't know, Oratory is the guy who Metal and I will go to if we have questions about headphones. <laughs> Probably just um, anything. Yeah, and in yeah. fact, I think he's been um, you know, the person who has been really helpful for the Reddit community and online communities for everything to do with you know EQ profiles to just questions about headphones and how headphones work, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, so um, without me you know, um, going too far into uh, speaking for you, why don't you uh, introduce yourself, Oratory? We don't have him on video, but we have him on voice. So <laughs> you'll see it light up and uh, that's him. That's Oratory talking. So why don't, yeah, yeah. Why don't you introduce yourself? <laughs> Hey guys, I'm already here. Um, yeah, my name is Oratory. Obviously, not my real name. Um, <laughs> yeah, you guys know me from from Reddit mostly. I'm an acoustic engineer, but I'm not on Reddit as an engineer. I'm on Reddit because I'm a headphone nerd, and I do happen to work in that field, so I consider myself lucky in that. Awesome. Um, so yeah, we'll go into uh, a, a number of topics here, and we'll talk about EQ as well. Um, but I just wanted to give a quick overview of what we're going to cover uh, in this uh, in this episode, right. I guess. Uh, so you'll, we'll talk about you know different target different target curves, what you do for EQ, but then also I'd love to get into some technical discussion about you know I ask everybody this, but, you know, like what is detail, what is slam, all of that kind all of right. stuff, <laughs> uh, and then uh, we'll talk about some headphones, and then um, do a bit of Q and A with the uh, with the stream. So uh, you guys in the stream, hold your questions until the end, and then we'll uh, we'll mention it again, and then uh, yeah, we'll uh, get some Q and A going. Um, but in any case, um, why don't I, I? I wanted to ask you. You, you said you're in um, acoustic engineering, um, right? What exactly is that? <laughs> if you can talk about that, like your specific acoustic engineering, because I've always wondered um, that about about your, you know, I mean, why the, it is the main thing is right. So there's acoustic engineering, and then there's audio engineering. Uh, this, the, these two sound similar. They're they are similar, but they they treat different fields of of that. So mm -hmm. audio engineering is the people in the recording studio, the people on a on a live concert show, the people in the, the TV room in broadcasting, people using tools to make music to make recordings of, of any sort. This is audio engineering, which I did do, but don't anymore because I really don't have the time. Um, acoustic engineering is people creating those tools. So the people creating loudspeakers, creating microphones, creating, in, in, in some cases, creating smartphones or creating the acoustic parts of a smartphone. Um, this is acoustic engineering and audio engineering is then using those tools to make recordings. And okay. I. My part, so what I'm, what I do for a living is acoustic engineering. So I do use transducers and build applications for, for those in, in the broad sense. And so this is why you have kind of like a, a fairly comprehensive, comprehensive body of knowledge for how all that stuff works. But then you're also a hobbyist for headphones when it comes to headphones. Is that right? Correct? Yeah. This, okay. this is why I'm on Reddit. Correct. Because I'm a huge headphone nerd. Um, I, I love headphones just as much as anybody else on, on, on our headphones or headfire or whatever. Uh, I just happen to also work in that field, which, you know, is, is really lucky for me. Um, how, did, how did you, I wanted to ask, well, I mean, first, how did you get into 
uh, headphones to begin with? Was it just you were always into headphones and? I mean, I was I was always into music. I I grew up as a teenager listening to Linkin Park. You know, as as like ninety percent of my generation, or at least that's what it felt like. Um, and at some point, I realized, yeah, having an iPod is cool because I can listen to music anywhere. But you know, I'm I'm not actually I'm not actually hearing what they're playing. It's, it sounds awful. Mm-hmm. You know, after I've seen them live once, I was like, yeah, uh, cool. They have a bass guitar. I didn't know that, you know, being a stupid teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I bought what, what I thought were, were were good headphones back at the time, which were, I think it was Sennheiser CX3 something. That was, mm-hmm. that was I don't know, 20 years ago, something like that. Um, and I remember, hey, I can actually hear some bass. This is awesome. And this was basically my start of, of, of doing that. So I got my first headphones that weren't complete shit i mean they were still not good but they were not complete shit and it's gone it's gone and it's gone uphill ever since so i i started you know doing my own band learning about what what music is how music is actually created creating music on my own getting my band into a recording studio learning how recording studios work uh interning at recording studios opening my own recording studio starting starting to study studying physics combining those to to go into acoustics interning at, at transducer companies and ending up getting a job there and all the while buying new headphones, getting new headphones, listening to new headphones, using headphones during recording production. Um, and in the end, designing my own headphones or you know, designing headphones for other companies right? or help, right. helping them designing or as <laughs> they would phrase it, selling them the transducers and then not doing anything. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. Would like you... That. Is there ever a, a an an oratory phone in 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 the future that you might want to? Oh, I'd love to. So you know, I, I I don't decide what I what I make. I'm I'm not I'm not the decision maker in, in the company. So I, I don't I don't get to decide. Unfortunately, what what who who I help design the headphones. So uh, none of the headphones that 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 we do end up sounding exactly as I want because you know I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not there to say this sounds good. I'm just there to say you want more bass all right this is how you get more bass you want less bass all right then do this you want right. more you want more of this all right then do this um we yeah. do have we do have a reference phone which we designed which sounds pretty much like 95 percent of how i would like it um but nobody's picked up on that yet uh, so are you able to talk at all about you know any of the the companies you've produced transducers for or is uh, that strictly um, <laughs> no yeah, no pressure I'm, on that one <laughs> I, I, I we do have ndas in place so i cannot yeah yeah of really course, of course. and you know i'm i'm, I'm not here as as a, as a salesperson i don't, don't want right. to talk you talk to you about my transducers because because yeah. i think they're great or something i'm i'm here as a headphone nerd right so right right um, i'm not i'm not ready i'm not ready to to push push yeah the company that I'm working for, because that's not really what, what I want to do. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in marketing. Right, right. Um, okay, uh, so then talking about, you you said you have a reference headphone there that you think sounds pretty close to what you uh, what you like. And I wanted to ask yeah. you, I mean, I know that for a lot of the measurements that you do, uh, you've used Harman as the target, right? Like the, or one of the Harman targets as the curve that you use, right? Right. right. Is that... Um, is that actually what you personally prefer, or um, are you is talking it just... about? Are you talking about in your headphones or over your headphones right now? Sorry, Cause... over here, over here. Right for over your headphones, I, I I agree with many aspects of the Harman target, not with all of them. Um, we can we can have a separate discussion on where I think the Harman target needs to needs to be improved, or where it should not be followed, or must not, or where it should be followed, or where not. 
-hmm. So the question is, what, how do we interpret the Hamann target? Do, do, do we need to add 500 bands of EQs and, and then are we allowed to get, then call it a perfect headphone? Because, you know, we're not. Because mm -hmm. this isn't this is not how we, how we how headphones are tuned or how we should tune headphones, but there there is a lot of learning that we can do from from Harman's research and we really appreciate me as an acoustic engineering um, society or the company of acoustic engineers we really um, acknowledge their their effort that they've done in, in this regard and there's a lot that we can learn from that. Right. Not so much as you know this is the exact uh, frequency response that they need to follow because. You know, forget frequency response. This is not what it's about. It's about how, whether or not it sounds good, and how we can objectively, how we how we can quantify how much it sounds good. As stupid as that sounds. Right. As well, we can get back to the where d different things might need to be changed for the harmony, where it could go in the future. Right. But I want to ask about the the methodology for, um, the the process for getting to an ideal target curve. The one right. uh, one way to do it um, is, you know, you could do it the Harman the Harman method, do the sort of consumer preference kind of thing, and <laughs> figure out, you know, what do people prefer. Um, and another way is, and has been done in the past, is okay. How you know where do the different you know, pieces of the pinna and concha and ear canal and whatever, right, right. you know, wh uh, how do these affect the the gain? Uh, and uh, you know, sh should we be paying attention to? Uh, from a methodological standpoint, is there a uh, is one better than the other, or should we be paying more attention to one method over another method? What do you think about those? I mean, in the end, in the end, you know, in in the end, the method doesn't really matter, right? Because in the end, when I when I pick up a headphone at my local store, I don't I don't care about their process behind it. Sure, it makes for a nice story to read, and mm -hmm. if if they have decent thoughts about how these how this needs to be measured, measured and whether or not uh, a chemo is better than a brilliant care. As a consumer, as, as as somebody who's using a headphone, who's maybe buying a headphone, I couldn't care less about what they think about how a headphone should sound. All I care about is, do I like it? And in the end, in the end, this is the only thing that matters. Do I like how it sounds? Yes or no, right? So you which think... method is better? I mean, which method produces the better results is, is the next question. If, if ideally, the, all methods would produce the same result, naming, namely a result that the, the consumer or your target demographic likes so whichever method gets you there that's fine so then it's whichever method is easier to achieve the the positive result i guess <laughs> i mean it's 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 a question of how many resources you have right can you can you afford yeah. to can you afford to, to do large-scale listening tests do you have the, the resources to do that then if you can then do it if you if the only thing that you have is one guy designing your headphones like so many gaming headphone companies do where it's literally just one acoustic engineer, then, I mean, he's not going to be able to do anything except maybe do one or two measurements and see if the, the, the graph looks somewhat within a specific range and then not be able to change anything about it because the design freeze is in like two days. So um, it's whatever resources you have available. Wow. Right. I just right. I just wanted to step in here and say like this is... It's it's unfortunate because this is the reality of the way the world works. Like oh yeah, man. Myself Sorry, Metal, well, Metal, you're sure just you... a little quiet. Um, if you could, oh, yeah, go ahead. just a little bit. Do you want me to start over? Yeah, sorry, whatever you were just saying. <laughs> oh, okay, I wasn't sure. <laughs> if you somebody mentioned it in not. the chat. All right, no, I was saying like just the the the, the real the realism, the realistic situation that we're in is like engineers always want to be like I want it exactly this way it needs to be perfect like all these little tiny little things like I guess for example <laughs> on the frequency response there can't be any peaks any this nothing 
But then you have it, it's always a competition and you, between that. And then the manager and, says, "Yeah, yes. that costs like half a dollar more. So why?" Exactly. And so you're like, "Yeah, it sounds better." Market. Yeah, what do I? Care? Yeah. So yeah. The marketing it's, always it's, make the it's always a fight between between yeah. yeah product managers and engineers. That's the way it works. At least from the companies that I've worked with. <laughs> yeah, and most right. of the time it's just it's just you know lack of resources. Like you have four days yep. to design a headphone. That's not enough to to do anything any any listening tests. You can just you know do one shot, then do a rapid prototyping, change maybe one volume, add another damping mesh somewhere, and then design a freeze, and then logistics take over, and you you're on to the next project, which is I sadly I can't believe it's that short. For many. That's wild, like two or three days. That really is a two thing. or three days is is for a lot of companies. I mean, obviously wow. not for not for companies like Sennheiser, right? And right. We we don't operate this way too, and like but. To a week to design a headphone or to to the acoustic design of the headphone, then you can you can only you know what what Krinical is calling a, a, a mass market response or something. Well, looks like for whatever reason, yeah, it's YouTube not just stream you. It has oh uh, no, I think I think it came back. No, did it come back? Technical difficulties occurring. <laughs> oh wait, no, now it's good. Yeah. Um, they have like a studio em emulation mode now where you take a picture of your ear and it tunes your HRTF. I'm serious, this was added. And then on top of that, they've characterized some studios or something. Well, yeah. I'm going to have to read up on that. So, well, I know yeah, that that's... they... I was talking to Sankar about that and he was talking about how yep. that was the original goal was to be able to like represent the way certain certain studios sound. For, like, yeah, creators and stuff so you could like go somewhere and then that would be the way that it would sound if you were like actually in the um in the yeah studio. oh we're, we're back and talking yep. about uh reveal plus here <laughs> randomly yeah. yeah we're we're back we're back live um sorry about that guys we had uh, a bit of a internet issue but it looks like everything is working so we'll just get back on track here uh what were we talking about um i think actually <laughs> Metal Five Seven One was was saying something, and so I'm just going to put you on the spot again and say, why don't we take it from what, what you were saying? Yeah, I honestly have no idea where we were before we stopped. You, you but complained about not not having an, or not having engineers have enough time to. to yeah, go. yeah, that yes. was that was definitely earlier. That's just the way like kind of a company's work. Unfortunately, we always want to. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the same thing in software. Everyone's trying to protect perfect everything over and over and over, but you can't spin forever, or else the customer doesn't get anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course. There's also that you you cannot you cannot leave it into your into the, in in the hands of the engineers forever because they will they will keep finding ways to improve it. Um, but yeah, you, know, you, you also mustn't take the take it away from them too early because you, you remember the, the K eight. Yeah, because then you end up with K twelve. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I can say that. Now, yeah. I think by now you can say <laughs> that. Yeah. I mean, I I I, I never worked for AKG, right? So I'm. I have I have no contract with AKG, so I can I can talk shit about them all I want. <laughs> and apparently, about, I can embrace uh, the 371 too, because <laughs> that's yeah, not that's, even really that's, AKG that's though anymore. That's, that's not an AKG that, That's AK, AKG for me. AKG for me is is, is the Vienna Group. It's yeah, now Austrian uh, Audio. K240 and 701 it's, and stuff like that. It's now Austrian Audio mostly. Yeah. 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 I haven't heard any of those. Uh, the Austrian Audio. Yeah, me either. Yeah, me neither. I've been trying to to get a, a sample from them and. Yeah, the X fifty five. I think it was. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, we're gonna send you one, and still haven't got anything. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, so we're talking was... about. Uh, oh, go ahead. 
Oh, someone says that Reveal Plus is more interesting than engineers not having a tough time. All right. Actually, I guess that not, not that many people probably know about this, considering Oratory had not even heard about this. But I don't um, know anything about Reveal Plus yet. I'm, I'm yeah, so, so it on the website. Yeah, so their plugin, classically the Odyssey plugin here, um, would tune the frequency response to a preset EQ. But with Reveal Plus, it's pretty different now. Now you can take a picture of your ear and submit it, and uh, an AI will tune the HRTF of that picture. And then on top of that, they've got emulation of studios that they've, I guess, characterized. Um, Shankar probably knows more about this, obviously, than I do, but it's pretty, uh, it's pretty crazy. And this is kind of where we're going, I think, with audio, more DSP and AI stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. But anyway. So, yeah, well, I, I mean, that's a good uh, segue into, um, I wanted to ask about, you know, your stance on EQ. Obviously, uh, oratory. I'm, I'm uh, reading is... the chat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the oratory <laughs> EQ. Guys, that's not what I do. That's, that's <laughs> Okay, here's, do yeah. <laughs> now is the opportunity uh, to clarify your position on EQ and how all that stuff works right. for you. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. EQ is awful, but it's also awesome. No, man, EQ is a tool like anything else. If, if you've ever been in a recording studio, EQ is the first thing that anybody uses. So it's 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 a tool to shape sound, and that's what you do with it. I, I'd, I'd much prefer to have headphones that don't need EQ, and yeah, if I was given the chance to, if my if my chef boss says, okay, you now design a headphone, you have two and a half years' time, uh, that's what I was going for, or what I would be going for. Um, but the reality is that most headphones still can be improved with EQ. So that's that's what I do when I when I personally wear a headphone. If you don't want to do that, fuck if I care. Sorry, can we curse in that podcast? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. Cool. I, uh, yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't care if you, if you use EQ or not. That's not what it's what what it's about. It's, it, if you like how it sounds, that's cool with me. And also, you don't have to impress me with your choice of headphone, right? So if you like your headphones, cool. If I like my headphones, that's also cool. Just listen to whatever you want. Um, but also, we know that most headphones don't sound how you want them and most of those deficiencies can be at least somewhat remedied with the use of filters when when doing eq do you think that is is there a limit to what you're able to do with eq is there is is there a physical limit so for example for the driver itself the transducer itself yeah, so that's that's of course a rhetorical question because obviously yeah of course there's a limit yeah. there, there's, there's there's always limits acoustics as one of my mentors taught me acoustics is always about finding a compromise you you cannot get a perfect solution for anything especially not in acoustics and anything you do in acoustics is always a compromise so if you use eq cool then you're going to have to deal with with the fact that you're now stuck with having to use an EQ because you cannot use an EQ everywhere. If you want to, mm -hmm. if you want to use it with an iPhone, then you cannot use an EQ because iPhones don't have the possibility for that, which, you know, right. I don't want to get into this discussion. About <laughs> iPhones, but, um, right. So EQ is, 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 a, is, a, is a crutch, but um, on some headphones, it works. Yeah. Um, so for uh, e EQs, I guess, um, I I know that you know a lot of people will use your presets. Uh, the right. for anybody who doesn't know, Oratory's EQ presets for I don't even know how many headphones this is now. It's it's available on Reddit and on just many places. Many, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and essentially what these ones do is they get it 
and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but they get it fairly close to, um, you know, the, the preference curve there. Um, do you find that when you're doing that, though, um, that like, is, is there a point at which you say, okay, maybe this headphone can't do, you know, the base shelf that you might want it to have? Oh, you know, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So the question, do, do, do headphones have inherent limits of what you can do with EQ? Of course they have. Everything has limits. And it's just a matter of how, where can you, how much can you push that compromise into delivering more audio quality at the expense of, you know, in the, in the case of EQ, having to use more electric power, for example. Because mm -hmm. you know, with digital EQ, all you can do is is, is reduce the, the gain. You can't really push gain because you, you want to avoid the clipping. So, in the end, you're going to have to use a more powerful amplifier just to get to the same level. Um, so, this, there you have a, a compromise of having to use more electric power, a more powerful amplifier, in order to get potentially better sound, or not. I mean, if you fuck up the EQ, that's going to sound bad. Um, so, do headphones have limits? Yeah, headphones have limits. Mm -hmm. uh, electrostatic transducers have less distortion because of the of the, the way that the, the, the force field works. It's, it's, it's linear over a longer, longer excursion limit, so they can excurse further. But they also have very strong limits as to as soon as they reach that limit, then the diaphragm is stuck against the stator and it doesn't really move anymore and you have to disconnect it before it, it works again. With an electrodynamic headphone, the physical limit is where the, the voice coil hits, hits the, the bottom of the magnetic gap. Which you know is a physical limit because if, if this happens, then something's going to break or deform. Mm -hmm. um, but you you will probably never reach this limit because before the voice coil excurses as far as to reach that bottom, it will leave the the magnetic gap mostly or leave the the, the high magnetic flux area. So it will actually not be be uh, driven that far out, but it will distort, which you know is not is not dangerous to the, the loudspeaker to to a certain limit, but it's going to sound bad. Right. Uh, Planar headphones have, have other limits as to, as to their high frequency extension. Um, so yeah, everything has limits, of course. Mm -hmm. And this is the, the thing that when, 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 I, when I try to, to use, or when I find myself needing to use EQ to, to fix certain flaws, how far can, can we push before, before something like distortion becomes audible? And does it actually improve something or not? Like good example of this is of course the HD600, which most people will be familiar with. Mm -hmm. How much can you push the bass on that? Actually, not a lot. Uh, most of the time, uh, um, I mean, of course, I can I can create an EQ preset which, in theory, brings the frequency response to to a certain target, um, and one would assume that this now sounds better. But you know, on the on the HD six hundred, honestly, I I don't think there's much much to be improved with EQ. It, it's 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 an amazing headphone that that's earned every part of its reputation, but it's it's not perfect, right? But mm -hmm as to how much you can improve his bass response with the Q, as in with a, with a static filter, not a lot, because there's not too much wrong with his bass response other than the obvious lack of sub-bass. Right. But um, of course, I can I can push the sub-bass with a filter, which, you know, if, if you look up the filter setting, this is what the, the filter setting does. Um, but for my taste, and this is this is introducing too much distortion, which it's, I mean, on, on paper, it's it's barely scratching the, the, the uh, threshold of audibility, but you know, in it's the enough. end, in, in the end, what matters in the end, what matters is what what it sounds like to me or to you. And yeah. to me, it's 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 starting to to distort or change the sound in a way that I don't really like. So when I use an HD six hundred, I don't really cue it at all. Yeah. Or rather, I use a different headphone, which sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if people have an HD six hundred and ask me, okay, so how do I set up EQ for this? I'm like, 
why do you want to set up any cube with you that? You need to listen to it first, dude. Yeah. 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 That's so you do listen thing. to, you do when you're, for all the EQs that you do as well, you do listen when to I, it Whenever well. possible. So yeah. Um, so, some, sometimes there's people telling me, okay, so can, can you add an EQ for this and this headphone? And I'm like, uh, how? I mean, I don't have this headphone here, so how do you expect me to do? And they're like, yeah, okay, but Critical has measured it, so I can send you the frequency response and you can measure, you can mm -hmm. do an EQ. And sure. I, I do that because if it helps them and if, if they tell me then it sounds better to them, then sure, makes them happy. But I cannot do it with 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 while listening. But this is right. not the majority of use cases. And if you if you look at the bottom left of all the PDFs, it, it says measured by clinical, measured by wells, or it says measured you know with the equipment that I have. Uh, and most of those, the, the vast majority are, are measured by me, and, and EQ is also done with me having the headphone on my ear and listening to it. And if it sounds better, then cool. If it doesn't sound better, or if a particular filter brings it to, towards, a, uh, towards a target response, but doesn't actually make it sound better, then I, I write optional or I just leave it out because in the end, it sounds good and cool. Uh, one of the things that I found interesting about your EQ methods has been um, the way that, how meticulous it is. Like, so for example, when I'm doing EQ for something, I will, yeah. I'll just use fairly conservative values and I'll use fairly wide Q values right. using like PCUI and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but yours are very, very precise. Like they are very much like, you know, this is, this is what it needs to be in order to get to the desired preference curve or whatever it ends up right. being. Right. Um, do you think for people who are doing their own EQs, do you think it's like, what do you think is the optimal approach for yeah, the optimal getting approach there? For, for people like me or people like, Somebody else. The average the average person doing yeah, their own EQ, sounds, for example. That sounds snobby. I don't like that. Uh, <laughs> so, of course, the, the, the average the, the average person, if if they use EQ, then EQ. So EQ is, EQ is not. It, it seems intuitive, but it's really not easy to use. Mm -hmm. And it, it takes audio engineers, you know, people who create and record music. It, it it does take them a few months, so maybe years, to to really know how to dial in EQ and how to learn that. It, it does take some time, and I mean, I've I've been through that. I've 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 spent my years in recording studios. I've learned how to use EQ, and on top of that, you know, I've, I've programmed my own tool that that shows me the graph and, and shows me where what the, the corrective curve should look like. Then I recreate it with EQ. Then I put it onto the DSP, and then I listen to it, and then we're like, yeah, okay, this 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 doesn't sound right at all. So I, I continue to change it, and I change some mostly gain gain values, try to find out the resonances. If I then find out then this is one of the resonances that maybe shape with the uh, change with the shape of the head and I, I don't EQ it at all because it doesn't work if, if I just EQ it in my head it's not going to work in somebody else's head if if I know if, if I see that the measurement shows a, a resonance peak somewhere which is the same in my head and it's the same on other heads as well then I use EQ to filter it out because it's going to be mostly the same for other heads um, if, if, if I know that something for example the, the region above 10 kilohertz I never really use peak filters Peaking filters, you know, meaning for a limited yeah. bandwidth, um, because the region above 10 kilohertz is is so random for everybody else. You know, on a standardized head, you can measure it on a different standardized head, and you get different results. And you measure it on 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 my head or somebody else's head, and it's going to give you an even more different result. So there's there's really no way that you can predict how to how you should acute that. So which is why why I only use shelving filters for for the region above that. Yeah. Or I don't need at all. Yeah. Um, well, that's. So, um, been my experience yeah, as well is like you can't use super narrow peak filters you know for the super I high mean, frequencies you you can but you can only use it on your head so if, yeah exactly so <laughs> of course, if, 
for the headphone that, that I'm wearing, I know that there's this one particular headphone that has that has a resonance at 16 point something kilohertz uh, when I wear it on my head, and this is what I what I notch out with a very very narrow notch filter. But it it, it makes no sense for for me to tell you the value for this notch filter because in your head it will be very differently, or it will be the same. You know, I, I can't really predict that. Right. That's not possible. Right. So as for as for the methodology, as I I I, I give it a, a first shot with a mostly automated automated algorithm that that gives your first idea and then i actually have changed most of it again manually so in the end it ends up in being like i don't know 90 percent manual and when you're uh, so with the algorithm it's uh it basically just looks at um the, yeah, devi the deviations it, from you, you, pro you probably shouldn't call it an algorithm it, it just it takes oh. a graph takes a graph subtracts the <laughs> subtracts the target response inverts right. it and and then shows it to me on a display and I'm like, okay, so this this is what what the EQ yeah. should look like. If if it's gonna bring it to the target response, then I listen to it. And I'm like, okay, but if I add this much, as it says on the on the on the, on the graph, then it's gonna sound awful. So I'm gonna add a little less, and then I try it out, and then I fine tune it manually. So my right. EQ settings are are not made by an algorithm; that they're made by hand. Perfect. Okay, that's that's what I wanted to hear. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess it's uh, more like auto EQ then, because I know that that guy, um, what's his name, Jacko or whatever, uh, yeah. he uh, Jacko Kosanin. Yeah, his his yeah, yeah. I believe is is completely automated. Mm. Yeah, his his is completely he, his yeah, is completely automated. He, but yeah, I think he went you're... online and he asked me what 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 things I, I I consider when I when I do manual EQ like that and and how it sounds uh, so which which aspects <laughs> he needs to put into his his algorithms of what the algorithm should should look out for and we went on about that but um there's only so much that i could then that i'm able to put into words you know i should avoid narrowband uh few fil narrowband filters with a with a high positive gain in mm -hmm. some frequency regions you, you shouldn't use peak filters above 10k you should things like that and he implemented most of that but it's still it's still an automated process which to, to my mind or from my perspective, of course, if you ask me, then my my approach is better. If, if you ask him, then I'm sure he's going to say his is better. Yeah. In the end, in the end, it doesn't really matter. Try them out both, and whatever you like, both adjust it to your preference, and then go with that. Right. So, I mean, for the PEQ presets, um, a, um, a, a message would oh, be to back. use them as starting points. <laughs> Our the stream is yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh shoot. Okay. Sorry. Um, so sorry about the uh you the sheet low key hardware queue. Oh right, the low key is a hardware queue. Yes. Right yeah, now I know about this one. Yeah. It's like a four band four band yeah. um, fixed, yeah. I mean so th this is a this is a fixed band EQ where the only thing you can change is the gain of four frequency bands. And you cannot change the frequency, you cannot change the bandwidth, you can only change the queue. This is gonna this is only gonna give you a very, very broad change of the of the overall balance. As in you can increase the overall base, the overall travel maybe some low mids and some high mids, but you cannot really target any of the flaws of the headphone. So, I mean, if, if, if you manage to find a setting that improves the sound for you, go, go ahead. Um, I, I don't have one and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get one, but, but if, if you like it, sure. Yeah. It makes it, uh, I mean, it makes it, it's, it's I'd say it's, it's not going to do anything. It's not going to do anything that you couldn't do with PCQ, right. Or with, with, with right. Uh, well, they'll probably claim that because it's hardware, it's better, but. Sure. I mean, it's it's got the, the it's got it, it certainly looks a lot nicer than having a digital EQ. I'm not gonna argue with that. Right? <laughs> yeah, that so too. Looks looks account for like thirty percent of of how much something is worth 
<laughs> we don't uh, even think about that very much but that's very yeah true. i've read about that, that that how much how good a headphone is it's like 30 percent sound 30 percent how it looks and 30 percent how it feels 30 percent how it looks and feels wow that's why I, hd 800 I, is so I, good i personally like to very much disagree <laughs> with that for me i would i would i like to think that it's 100 percent sound but um I, that's I just an engineer's perspective right no, a little bit I, comfort a little bit I comfort pretend i can't well, pretend comfort, that i don't though. like pretty headphones yeah, yeah. A, a lot sound oh, and a little bit comfort. <laughs> well, see, I have oh, no, here the... comfort is very important. Comfort yeah. is very important. I have the MySphere here right now, and it's uh... oh, really, yeah, it's um... so. Disregarding the sound, though, it it's ridiculous enough looking that yeah, um, yeah, yeah. My, my my girlfriend will not wear it. She like refuses. <laughs> totally refuses. I was like, try it out. You know, we'll see how it sounds. Yeah, my nope. wife liked them actually. <laughs> But some of them are fairly ridiculous looking, but for the most part. Um, okay, let's. Uh, I, I got a f few questions to get us kind of back on track with um, what we're talking about. I wanted to get your take on some of the. I mean, I, again, I ask everybody this stuff, but right. uh, you know, in your mind, where do where does detail come from when we talk about like a you know LCD four or Sesvara or some of these crazy high end planar headphones where the detail is uh -huh. clearly better than you know the lower end stuff. Uh, right. And then that goes into EQ as well. I mean, is it possible to, EQ, I think I know the answer to this already, but do you think it's possible to EQ any of that to, to match, uh, you know, the, the high-end headphones? Right. So the question is, where does, de where does detail come from? So I got a question for you. What is detail? That's... What, what does the headphone do that, <laughs> yep. makes, that makes you say, okay, this has more yeah. detail? Yeah. So again, it's... that is, I think, the real question. Because yeah. a lot of times people ask me, okay, how, how does how do you accommodate for I don't know pace, rhythm, and timing? And then my answer is not okay. This is I don't know six hundred and fifty hertz. No, my answer is what what does a headphone do when it or what what makes you think... think that this headphone has more yeah. pace, rhythm, and timing, more detail? What are you listening for? What are you hearing oh, that makes shoot. you say more detail? No, I think you're oh, good. Okay. No, yeah, I just... Pratt. I, I don't I don't get the whole Pratt thing like. I, the only thing for me that I know about Pratt I don't think we anybody uses that response, now. <laughs> which was amazing, by the way. Oh yeah, I've, I've read it. I've, I read it on on a, on a, on a infidelity review on a very open where he, where he was like, I don't know what Pratt is, but this, these headphones they have it, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I don't know what it is either. But sure. <laughs> oh no. So if I'm gonna characterize detail, I like to use uh, the analogy of the metal gate, where it's like it's image clarity, right? So if you're looking through a window at an image. You know mm -hmm. how clear is the image, um, right. and if you look, if you listen to a, a you know Sennheiser HD eight hundred S or you know uh, let's go all the way up to the high end like LCD four and Sesvara. I mean, in my opinion, I don't think you could uh, EQ a let's say I don't know like a lower end headphone, pick a lower end headphone, right? I don't think even like a Sundara or something like that. I don't think you could mm -hmm. EQ that to match the LCD4 or the, uh, you might be able to match it in terms of tonality, but maybe not yeah, in detail. Um, That's kind of where I'm, I'm thinking. No, of course you can't. You, you cannot you cannot paint a Honda to, to perform like a Ferrari because exactly. yeah. paint, paint, paint changes, you know, the sound. Oh, sorry, yeah. paint changes the color. <laughs> EQ, EQ changes, you know, the frequency response. Yeah. Paint doesn't make a car go faster unless you're into Warhammer. Mm -hmm. um, uh, if you got I actually reference. got that. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not into I'm not into Warhammer, but my coworker isn't. He tells me to make the reference. Um, so, you know, EQing a detail into a headphone. Nah. If 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 you think about if 
this isn't so this isn't how EQ works. EQ doesn't take away or add detail, at least not in the way that, that what you're describing. Mm-hmm. Um, but can you make a headphone sound, you know, clearer? Absolutely. If there's always a big if. So if 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 the headphone sounds clearer after EQ, then there was some acoustically speaking, but it's gonna sound better than before. So mm-hmm. it's not about making every headphone sound the same because you know that's not possible. Nobody's claiming that this is possible. I, I really like what you said about um, you know detail existing when there are no masking elements in the frequency yeah. response, like yeah. you know various different resonances and peaks and things like that, or too much bass or anything like that. And right. this kind of lines up with what my suspicion has been ever since kind of uh, talking about that idea of frequency response or, or a detail is actually captured by frequency response. We just don't don't necessarily know where to look for the yeah, granular, yeah. fine-grained that's, kind that's, of stuff. That's always the thing with frequency response. You know, frequency response contains a lot more than you think, um, but yeah. it's all it's usually, it, it's frequency response is, is hard to interpret, much harder than, than you or I think. It's much harder to interpret than I think, exactly. and I think and I know at least a few things about interpreting correctly. But it, it's, it's actually much harder than that if you want to interpret all of it. So mm-hmm. a lot more of, of what, what we call, you know, pace, rhythm, timing, whatever, detail, sound stage, whatever. It is, it is part of the frequency response. It's just hard to, when you look at a graph, tell how much, you know, how many degrees is the sound, sound stage going to be. I don't know. This, this, yeah, how do you put that into a number? Of course it is included in the frequency response, but you, yeah. cannot really, you cannot really extract it, or at least I can and mm-hmm. this is this is what what people like like Sean Olive are, are researching on, on which aspects of the frequency response do we have to interpret in what way and weight by how much to get a number on how good the headphones sound or how how good they do something like this something like detail very well. Mm-hmm. So can we can we improve detail with EQ? Partly, sometimes, not always. Um, mm-hmm. We certainly can't make two headphones sound the same, but we can both make them sound better. Or, from a materials perspective um is there anything that makes this uh let's say uh easier or more difficult so for example the thickness and stiffness of the diaphragm or the sure yeah Um, i mean how do you how do you control that the frequency response on that from with the materials that you that you're doing so Mm -hmm. any 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 aspect of the sound if you ignore dsp and things like that so if you ignore wireless noise cancelling headphones which use filters and all of that if you just go with the acoustic design and materials is the only thing that you have and you know mm-hmm. air volume enough so any any material that you choose it's, it's not the material type it's usually a certain aspect of the material so it doesn't really matter whether whether it's a specific type of metal or, or paper or whatever what matters is you know the, the the elastic modulus or or young's modulus i think it is in english um mm-hmm. or the, the the stiffness or the, the the mass or the inherent damping things like that so parameters that we characterize the material by which then affect you know, certain parts of the frequency response, certain breakup modes, whatever, um, and not, you know, the choice of material itself. So saying, right. okay, aluminum is cool. Aluminum is cool. So anything made from aluminum must be better than some, some crappy paper loudspeaker. That's not necessarily true. Paper can make for, for a great diaphragm um, mm-hmm. because it, it, it's not important whether it's paper or, you know, papache or something or, or aluminum or, or I don't know, stone. Um, mm-hmm. It's about the the parameters that characterize the material, which which affect the affect the, the sound of the acoustics of it. Right. This is similar to what uh, when I asked uh, Fang Bian about this at Canjam, right, yeah. he gave me a similar kind of response that there are so many different parameters. It's not just about 
you know, I was asking about like the, the kind of egg shape to the, to the cup for those high fi mm-hmm. headphones. And he said, it's, you know, it's not about that alone, you know, uh, redounding to better, uh, better sound quality. It's that, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just one parameter in many different yeah, yeah, uh, parameters. Yeah. 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 Um, unless of course, unless of course you want to sell something, because if you want to sell something, then then fancy materials are always better. Right, yeah, diamond <laughs> diamond is always the best. Of <laughs> it looks better on a box. <laughs> Actually, diamond I mean, is used for tweeters on some speakers. I thought, which is kind of yeah, ridiculous. Well. Carbon like diamond, it's because diamond has a very high inherent uh, speed of sound, so it makes for a good breakup uh, mode behavior. Oh, uh, okay. It's, it's just a little expensive to produce, you know. Yeah. With it being diamonds and all. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I think some uh, the campfire IEMs use. Uh, I think so. Yeah, they use a like a, a diamond-like carbon or something like that. Yeah, it's um, um, oh, it's the Atlas yeah. that uses it. I think. Yeah, which you yeah. know, from an acoustics perspective, the only thing that matters is you know what's the what's the inherent damping, what's the speed of sound, and how stiff is it, and how heavy is it, or how thin can you get it to have those certain uh, parameters. Mm-hmm. Um, the material itself, I'm, I'm sure I can I can make you a, a very very bad sounding headphone made from gold and diamond. Um, yeah. But it's still going to sell well well because it has gold and diamond in it. And you, you can never underestimate the power of marketing and the power of words in a box. Absolutely. Um, so um, so that's <laughs> that gets detail out of the way. <laughs> uh, I want to ask about uh, your take on dynamic slam or the punch quality. Um, so you know, right. we were talking to Sankar about this from Odyssey mm-hmm. in the last uh, or one of the recent streams that we did. And... He's he mentioned there were several parameters there. One of them being, you know, uh, every, everything from the you know the thickness of the diaphragm, thinness of the diaphragm right. to the uh, force of the magnets. But he also mentioned that um, the uh, the seal around the head, around the ear, mm-hmm. can have an impact in the, the way that the pads interact yeah. with that. And if okay. you compare, like again, the Hi-Fi Man kind of egg-shaped ones that don't have much slam one of the reasons for that may be actually because they're not kind of creating a seal around your ear whereas something like yeah. the odyssey ones do yeah. or the rounder ones do um yeah. is that does that line up with your experience on slam so so he, he was answering the question on how do you make sure a headphone has certain slam or what what does a headphone have to make certain slam um where yeah I, where does slam come I'm from basically yeah. just gonna agree with that because it's obviously true um from an engineering perspective um but you know that doesn't really answer the question on what is it that makes a headphone have slam, right? Or what, right. what is it that makes a headphone have have impact in the bass, as I like to call it? Um, and this boils down to the, the 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 total damping of the system, as in you know electrical damping plus mechanical damping plus acoustic damping, um, and the frequency response. And which aspects of the frequency response? Well, the bass. So mm-hmm. um, slam is, is mostly how, how well it does the headphone extend extend to towards low frequencies, so bass extension, which you know this is what brings the seal aspect into it. If if you have a bad seal, then you will you probably will have a hard time of, of getting your headphone to produce you know anything lower than maybe 50, 60 hertz, um, which is something that Odyssey headphones do very well. They, they're very leakage tolerant, so they they design their transducers in a way that even if they don't have perfect seal, they still can reach very very low bass. Um, but they also make their headphones have an excellent seal with their hugely thick ear pads. So mm-hmm. they have every every Odyssey headphone that I've measured, at least the LCD ones, have had perfect perfect bass extension down to you know lower than I usually measure. So at least below ten hertz. Um, the way I, is, I, um, um, I was yeah, just, just going to say the way I understand the the slam quality though is that there's a difference between punch and slam and 
um, linear bass extension, mm-hmm. where e- even some of the hi fi hi fi headphones that don't have that punch and slam quality uh, that <laughs> Max likes to call it dynamics, but <laughs> um, I don't even yeah, know uh, what to yeah, use for yeah, that. Yeah, but we know we're talking some people about call that. it. it some people call it macro dynamics. Well. dynamics. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, the way I understand, it, there's a difference between you know that again, even though those hi fi headphones can go all the way down into the bass, but and then something like the Focal Clear, which or some of those Focal headphones that have a lot more of that sort of punch quality. And I guess for for me, and I think a lot of other people, the question is like, why is it that some that have linear bass extension have no slam, whereas other right, other headphones right. that do, uh, yeah, this, or this even have less us, bass extension? This brings added. us to the topic of, um, does a headphone actually have the frequency response that I'm seeing on the graph, which yes. is especially <laughs> tricky for low, frequency, for low frequencies, because you know, I have, I have multiple measurement setups or I have access to multiple measurement setups. And, you know, I can have one headphone measure with linear bass on both setups. And then I can have another headphone measure with linear extension on, on one setup and nonlinear extension or having a drop off at another setup. And what's the difference? Well, one of these setups tests for leakage tolerance as it has mm. a built-in leak into the setup. Um, and if the headphone performs the same on, on, on both setups or with very little difference, then we call this headphone a leakage tolerance setup. Um, this is, you know, done with controlling the acoustic impedance of the, the driver to get it leak to, to be leakage tolerant, as in to still produce space even when when a leak is present. Um, and if a headphone has great leakage tolerance, then it will has have a great bass extension on every head, regardless of whether you're wearing glasses or not. Yeah. And if if a headphone is is very non-leakage tolerant, like any BA loudspeakers are then it will have a very different base response on whether you get a, a good a good seal with it or a non-perfect seal with it. So this is, this is the question. On, you see, a, you see a, a graph, a frequency response of a headphone, and you see, well, this headphone has great base extension on, the, on that graph, but when I'm wearing it, it doesn't have any base whatsoever, or at least not as much as I can see in the graph. So clearly the measurement must be wrong. Uh, and yeah, it is. Or it, it, the, the measurement is made under a condition that is not the condition that you're listening to. So. This is what mm. I'm saying. Don't look at frequency response graphs when you're listening to headphones. It, it doesn't help you. <laughs> I'm not doing it, and, and if I'm not doing it, then nobody should do it. Heard, heard it first I'm, from, from Oratory1990 to not look at frequency response. I'm, I'm seriously, listening. guys. Don't, don't look at frequency response when you're listening to a headphone. It, it doesn't help you. For the, yeah, for the yeah. first time, I think that's actually how Tile always did his reviews. And he's so good at combining subjective and objective because oh, you get a new headphone. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like you said, yeah, and, and like he would get a new headphone and he would listen to it right away and he would make some notes. I believe that's what he said yeah, his yeah, process yeah. was. Then he would go measuring it later to figure out if that lined up or not. <laughs> and, then, and then do and see if he, if he, if he can do any correlations between these. Yeah, this, exactly. this is how you, how you should do it. This is how you every look at the should be really. And then, and then listen to a headphone. That's 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 gonna give you a false impression. Unfortunately, the problem is that we've taken it to the opposite extreme now, where everybody is judging headphones by looking at graphs. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, that's never just, having heard it at all. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm just as guilty as everybody else because the problem is that what's the first thing you look for when a new headphone comes out? What does the measurement look like? <laughs> you think? So oh, really? we've pretty much that. always been yeah. spoiled about like what to expect uh, as soon as we go up to the new headphone. When comes out, I just, I just find out who the distributor is and I try to get a sample in. Um, yeah, that's that's fortunate. You guys can get samples maybe before even the graphs get posted on headphones. No, no, no. That's I'm much talking, better. I'm talking, I'm talking myself as, as, a, as a nerd, not myself as a... Oh, as you a, actually go out and try to buy it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good or idea. Or at least, at least borrow it for a few days. Cause, yeah. Because uh, we have, a, we have a, great, a great headphone store in Vienna. It's called the, the Kopfhörer Boutique. 
and and you you can go there listen to I don't know like a dozen headphones maybe take one home for for one or two days, and then bring it back on the next day and and oh wow they let you do that that's incredible wow he's he's really cool dude that's amazing Uh, shout out to Andy (laughs) (laughs) so many Andys (laughs) it's it's a plague for the headphone what's going on it's like yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, if, you're, if you're ever in Vienna, it's a, it's a great store. It's, it's really tiny. It's like in, in, the, in, the, in the back room of, a, of another store. Oh. Really small, but, but excellent. But they have everything. And yeah. They have, they have the important stuff. Yeah. And they, they, they and, and you can listen to, like, you can, you can spend hours in there and just listen to headphones without feeling pressured into buying something, which, of course, makes me buy more things there. And I, <laughs> spend, I don't yeah, know how many. That's how much smart for them. There, but because. <laughs> Because because I want to do it because I feel like they gave me ample time to tra- to test and they they mm-hmm. my money. Yeah. Um. So I I I had another technical question for you. Um. Sure. I came across an article not long ago from Tile. Well, he wrote it in 2014, I think. But mm-hmm. uh, he was talking about planar magnetic headphones and how they mm-hmm. there's a difference in how sound waves are produced by the planar diaphragm. Um. Sorry, I wanted how, to get your what is how, what is produced uh, uh, uh sound sound waves so he was oh, talking okay. about how yeah. uh yeah he's talking about how you know there's a different way that uh sound waves are um yeah produced from one driver type from the net to the other saying uh-huh. in the article actually that planar magnetic headphones do this in a way that is more natural to to real life and more realistic and then right. we have uh you know the, there's a common I, I don't know if this is a misperception or just a perception but it, there's a perception that uh dynamic driver headphones are often considered more natural sounding um uh-huh. and i wanted to get your take on this is there any inherent like um yeah physical property that's that's yes. do, better do in planar magnetic headphones for that do you want the audio file answer or do you want the engineering answer <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> right so the audio file answer is uh or the nerd, the nerd answer is that planar magnetic headphones are a lot cooler than dynamic headphones because they're <laughs> different, right? And I'm, yeah. I'm not even going to pretend that I don't follow this as well. I like planar magnetic headphones just as much as, as everybody else because they're, they're so much cooler. And you can do a lot more things with them. If, if you look at like the Oppo PM3 or PM1, PM2, PM3, they did so many things with, with just changing the frequency response just by addressing different parts of the diaphragm in a different way. This is something that you cannot do with a, with an electrodynamic transducer or a moving core transducer. Mm-hmm. Um, but are they inherently better? No, it's a diaphragm producing sound. Mm-hmm. No. Um, do they, so to, to your question, do they produce sound waves in a different way? If I remember the article correctly, it was like um, the, the diaphragm is larger, so the the sound that produces the sound wave that it produces is more. Uh, uh, um, the, so it's not I think he characterized wave, it as more even. Plane wave. Yeah, it's a plane wave, where yeah. where. Where the, the phase relationship between between velocity and, and sound is different than in a in a point source, in a point source in a sphere wave, um, that it that is true, but as always, there's a big but. Um, it is true, but it doesn't matter because we're not in free field applications, right? So the, the headphone is coupled to the to the ear, not in where free field, but with a, with a relatively small front volume, and the dimensions of the front volume are such that you know the the even though the longest dimension of the front volume is smaller than the, the, the wavelength of most of the most of the audio spectrum. If you have like you know, 10 kilohertz has a wavelength of something like 3.4 centimeters, this mm-hmm. is this is roughly in the order of magnitude of how how, how large the, 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 the volumes are that we're dealing with. And for, for lower frequencies, frequencies lower than 10 kilohertz, the, the wavelengths are 
a lot longer than that. So free field acoustics doesn't really apply because we're, we're dealing with, you know, either either a pressure chamber effect for most of the part or, or the velocity. So um, no, because the, is there a difference? No, because the, the shape of the wave is, is irrelevant in a, in a pressure chamber scenario. And for most part of, of headphone acoustics, we're dealing with, with pressure chamber scenarios. Okay, so, that's, that's a satisfying um, yes, answer. <laughs> it, it, they do produce sound in a different way. But since we're not dealing with free field acoustics, this is much less important than you would think. So uh, that's, that's because that's, of the coupling, basically. Yeah, because of the coupling. Yeah. Exactly. The, 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 the question sense. that you want to answer, I think, is are planar magnetics inherently better in some aspect? And the answer is uh, no, they're just very different. Well, that was one. That's that was going to be my next question. <laughs> but um, that idea of dynamic drivers having a more natural tone to them, natural sound to them, I always assumed that idea came from people just being more used to listening to uh, uh, equipment that had dynamic drivers in it because they weren't as common as planar magnetic ones. Um, because you know, there's all kinds of planar, uh, dynamic driver headphones as well that you hear that uh, yeah. they, for one reason or another, don't sound all that natural, right? So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I tend to think yes. as well, like you, you can go either way. If you say that planar magnetic headphones are better, then there, there is a lot of planar magnetic headphones uh, that flat out suck. I'm yeah. obviously yeah. not going to name out any names, but if you look back at the 80s where planar magnetics were already becoming a thing, I think they were called magnetostats or something. So they had a different name, yeah. but it's the, the or isodynamic. Isodynamic was the principle. Most of them, by modern standards, most of them. Of course, they're historically relevant and they have to be appreciated for what they are. But if you just l listen to them by how they sound, they, they, don't, they don't hold up to modern standards at all, like in, in any way. Mm -hmm. So they're bad sounding headphones, objectively, from a modern standpoint. Um, so, but they're, they're plain magnetic headphones, so they should be better, but they're not. So mm -hmm. what I'm saying is you can make a bad sounding headphone with, with a planar dynamic driver. You can make a good sound, a good sounding headphone with a planar magnetic driver. You can make mm -hmm. a bad sounding dynamic driver. You can make a good sounding dynamic driver. It's it's just one of the things that changes the way a headphone, what a headphone uh, is, is made from. But as far as as, as 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 sound quality goes, going to a certain type of driver doesn't necessarily guarantee you a certain aspect of sound. Mm -hmm. It's going to make uh, it easier at some points, for example. Um, but but it's not going to it's not guaranteeing anything. Do you have you had a chance to hear the head audio headphone? I have not. Oh man, I do want to. Because the, the yeah. MT, MT tweeted, the chat tweeted that they're using, uh, I think is is the the, the the superior the superior form of a, of a tweeter. I myself, I have I have loudspeakers with uh, which use a, a tweeter like that, and it's it's to, to my to my of course to my, my subjective opinion, this is the best way that a tweeter can be implemented. Now, so not knowing fully well that there are there are tweeters, you know, regular compression drivers or, or regular drivers that sound good, but this is to me the most elegant solution of how, how you produce sound with the, with the ribbon. And is that, you know, due to the, well, I, I, in the, in the head audio headphone, they talk a lot about how it, it's a breathing or squeezing motion for air movement, yeah, yeah, not exactly. the pistonic motion. Um, and yeah. it's, so it's because of that. Um, so th this is, this is not media engineer speaking. This is media headphone nerd speaking. Sure. Um, I like it because it's, 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 it's so elegant and how it, how it translates. Uh, movement into 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 accelerated movement. You know the, the diaphragm mm -hmm. moves moves by by one unit, but the air being pushed out is, is four times that unit. So it yeah. pushes out four, four, four times as much air as the diaphragm is, is moving because of, of that folding motion it does, which you know gives gives you 
a lot more SPL per 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 um, per effort, so to speak. So I, I just think it's it's an, an extremely elegant transducer principle. Of course, it's not as 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 well researched, and it's it's still very expensive to make, which you know explain, explains why it's why it's <laughs> not widespread. Because you know you can you can make dynamic transducers basically for free. Um, but as far as the elegancy of the of the transducer principle goes, I mean, this is for me, this is this is just you know pure sugar. Uh, but think that, that? does that inherently make the headphones sound better? No, it doesn't have to. You, you can absolutely make a bad sound on headphone with, with a yeah, transducer. I think they, they did actually have some uh, before they were able to do like you know full range from twenty hertz up to twenty k. Mm -hmm. They there were some apparently that were pretty bad <laughs> that tried to yeah, use cause, this because the because the resonance frequency you, you can't you don't you can only get it so low with a with a with a driver principle like this. So yeah, the, they because the two hundred hertz, then you're not going to get any bass out of it. Yeah, they. I, I asked them about this, and they they told me that they it was a real challenge to to get anything below 120. Yeah, they, they so. used they used the differently sized uh, phones yeah. as far as I know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's right. Really, um, really ingenious principle. Do you do you think something like that is? I mean, not just the head audio headphone, but like right. uh, that type of transducer is going to be the future that you know in, for headphones as well. Uh, are you asking whether I'm going to think it's going to be or what it should be? Uh, uh, yeah, both. <laughs> uh, so, it, it, is it going to be? No, definitely not. Because what, what's going to be the future is, is whatever's going to be the cheapest. That's just yeah, how exactly. It works. Yeah, yeah. Do I like that? No, um, I don't like that. Do I think that uh, ribbon transducers like this should be the future? Uh, no, I believe it should be there should be a choice. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm all for variety, so you should always have the option of, of choosing different, different, different headphones with different transducers and and see what 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 transducers are used by which engineers and how much they manage to get out of it. Right. And I think cool. that there's, there's much to be improved on there's potent, there's a lot. So there's a lot of potential in this type of transducer, uh, whether or not head has managed to, to squeeze anything out of that. I, I don't know. I, I haven't listened to it. I, I do know their engineers of, though, but they are one of one of their engineers and they, they they're certainly competent. So I, I do trust them in their capabilities, but Again, I haven't heard it yet, so I can't really say anything about it. I'd love to get your well, first your take on it, but then also the you know measurements that are done from your system, because right. I don't know how many people have actually measured that on a. I think Jude may have done some measurements of it, but I've, I've seen a frequency response, but I, I've, I've yeah. Well, so there, there's me. I, I said you shouldn't you, you shouldn't look at frequency responses. <laughs> Um, but I'm, I'm not, uh, I didn't try and, and analyze this frequency response because, you know, I want to listen to it first. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, as you're saying, I mean, there's a lot to be improved th there for sure, but there's also a lot to be improved when it comes to the other, you know, uh, transducer principles as well. With yeah. with uh, planar magnetic, for example, it feels like so far they, e even in the super high end stuff, they haven't really figured out how to balance it correctly yet either. Um, it is. It feels like there's still more room there as far as you know the tuning and tonality goes. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mostly because of you know we don't we still don't really know what to tune to. So exactly. We yeah. There's no yeah. You, you never, <laughs> never really know whether a headphone sounds the way that, that it sounds because that because it's at the absolute top of what it what you can achieve with this technology, yeah. or with or whether the the engineers just sound, uh, thought yeah this sounds fine we're not going to change it. Even though yeah. I personally think that this could be improved, maybe. So you, you never really know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's also.
Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> no, also. I, I definitely know what's going on with this one, man. <laughs> you, oh, sorry, no. you, you said you do know what's going on with that one. With with the HD820. Yeah. I mean, it's it's no secret that I don't like this one. Oh no, yeah, it's. Uh... <laughs> I think I gave it a fairly scathing review. <laughs> as, as much as I like the HD800, and I have yeah. on my own. Yeah. Uh, and I got really excited for the you know close back version. I had my money ready for it, and then I tried it out. I think it was in San Francisco or something. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I went to the San Francisco in, in San Francisco, and I was so excited because they just got in the shipment, and I was like, "Hey, can you show it to me?" And he, he let me try it, and I was like, "Ah, oh, man, I'm, I'm so disappointed because <laughs> oh, no, it broke my heart really." But see, yeah, I, think, I think a lot of people the when they when they hear the HD820, you know. It's like, let's say a mass consumer market person hears that and it might be the first time that they hear something with it's that. It's probably pretty of... surprising. Yeah. 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 Um, so to the average person, I think maybe they, they, you know, they're really impressed by it, but for the audiophiles who are very you know meticulous and have the experience of listening to a wide range of equipment mm -hmm. to know what some, when something sounds wrong, <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But the soundstage is still like incredible if i remember right yeah it was that was good yeah yeah i I'm haven't sure, heard it yeah, yet it, though it certainly retains the aspects of the front volume geometry of the h800 yeah which, you know, it's, it is an amazing design there's, there's no arguing about that and don't get me wrong that it's not that the hd820 is, is, a, is a complete failure that's that's not the case it's an amazing headphone except for you know that that buffer tuning the boy it's uh, tuned I, yeah actually i think you, you could probably <laughs> want it to sound in a to sound a little more better if, if I mean, I haven't, I haven't held one in my hand for for long enough, and that certainly I haven't one, I haven't opened one up. But you know, the the problems with with the with that headphone arise from 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 the the low mids and the bass. So, which is is too tuned by by, by tuning the baffle and the back volume. So this, these are things that are that are the easiest to 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 mod. So one of these days, somebody's going to figure out how to how to change the baffle on these to to actually make him, you know, less bassy and not cut the the low mids that much yeah yeah it just seems like pretty weird all over the place for the hd 820s yeah <laughs> or sdr hd actually isn't that what it already is called maybe it needs to be called s2 yeah, or something yes, i don't it's, know it's so if, the, if they sell it with a balanced cable then it's right <laughs> yeah yeah um but in, in any case i mean the the I like that you just said it. It's a very impressive headphone, apart from the way that it sounds. But oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think I the, and, and the it, soundstage. It, it also does a lot of things right in the sound. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. A lot of things that are good with it. It's just you know that there's there's a there's this this one thing in the low mids and in the bass which is just a knockout for me. So it's just mm -hmm. if if this part is not right, then I, you know it can, it can have the best it can have the best soundstage, the best mid range representation if if the mids and the low mids are are cut. But that much then you know then i'm not gonna spend any money on it yeah yeah fair enough um, with with these aspects yeah for for headphones that you so like what if i'm gonna ask you the audio file um what are some headphones that you love like what's your favorite let's say currently uh go-to headphone my favorite headphone of all time is of course the oppo pm3 um mm. Not so much because of the sound. I mean, the sound is cool. If if you heard it, if, I've, I've proclaimed my love for it many times. It's just it's amazingly tuned. Uh, of course, it's a bit boring because it, it doesn't you know artificially excite any part of the sound, which I don't think a headphone should do. 
but it's just the, the whole package of the PM3 is, you know, I love how it looks, I love how it feels, I love how it sits on my head. It, it has the exact perfect fit for my ears, which is rare. Uh, it's just it's just an all-around awesome package. You know, I said it before, it's like 30% sound, 30% uh, how it looks, and 30% how it feels. And it, it gets, of, of, of those 30%, it gets 29% of all of, of all of those aspects. So in total, it's like 87% plus 10% something, which from for me it gets. So it's just, it's 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 not objectively the best sounding headphone. No, I'm I'm not claiming that, but it's 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 just the complete package of it is awesome. Yeah, and you can't buy it anymore. <laughs> anymore, yeah. yeah Which is a shame. Um, yeah. Uh, apart from that, anything else that you that's like a, a common headphone that you enjoy or that you have? Um, I'm not going to start listing my headphones because <laughs> at some point uh, headphones that I enjoy. I mean, I I have the DK three seven one. Uh, which I I do enjoy it. It's an it's, it's amazing headphone. It, it just it gets the balance balance is, is almost perfect. Uh, it's, it's not without issues, right? So it has to it has very low leakage tolerance. It has it's not a perfect travel, um, but as far as as an acoustically tuned headphone goes, it's it's pretty much up there. Uh, headphones I love. I love my noise canceling headphones simply because they provide me peace and quiet. Uh, <laughs> If you fly as much as I do, then this is something that you definitely cherish. See, uh, uh, the further you go into the the headphone hobby, the more you end you up. You just using circle the, back, you know. The, yeah, noise canceling headphones. Seriously. I think yeah, even I, Tile did that as well. Yeah, yeah I, I don't I don't use them for music all that much because I mean they sound they sound fine. They sound they sound a little muddy in the bass, a little peak in the treble, a little overly exciting in, in all of it. It's certainly very coloring. Uh, in a in a in a nice way, it's it, it sounds cool, but it's it's not neutral in any way, right? So it, it's mm-hmm. not an objectively good headphone. It's not something that you can listen to and then judge how the music sounds. It's it's something that makes any anything sound a little better than it is, and you know it's cool, but it's it's not it's not the best headphone that I own by far. But mm-hmm. it's still one of the headphones that I use the most, simply because you know sitting in a sitting in a, in a subway or sitting on a plane or in a train, mm-hmm. uh, that extra twenty to thirty decibel of of peace. That's that's amazing. Yeah, so I love that aspect. <laughs> I, I guess that's the that's where the uh, the question of value comes in is like, you know, you might not be getting the most good sound, but it's better than if you had a headphone that sounded better because you don't have the, the extra noise floor that exists there without yeah. the noise canceling. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Um, I I I have to uh, ask you. I mean, we'll probably get to the end of this because we don't have Q and A and whatnot. But I have to ask you about your measurement system and and setup, um, just because. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm going down the rabbit hole for this stuff now, and I find it fascinating as well. Um, then right. what I didn't realize is that there's so much to learn when it comes to you know the measurement world and talking to math oh, economists yeah. and oh, it's, yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but do you it's use a 43 AG? Sorry, what? Oh, I was gonna ask, do you use the 43 AG still? Uh, I we have it. We still use it. Uh, some some aspects are, are more easily measured on this one. We do have a full Keymar as well now, the uh, Grass 45 PC, so including the, the mouth simulator, mm-hmm. um, which we use for a lot of measurements, of course. We do have a, a few other artificial heads of, of different types, um, which we use for different aspects. So we have a lot of measurement stuff, is what I'm saying. Oh, um, but the ones that the, what the measurements that the, the, the setup that I'm, I'm using for the measurements that I post online. Is usually either the 43 AG for uh, over ear headphones uh, or the Keymar for over ear headphones that I've measured within the last few months, 
or the 43AC as in just like the coupler itself for in-ear headphones. This is what I use most. Is there any reason why you use the, the 43AC for in-ear exclusively or? Yeah, it, it, gets, it, should, it gets a much more reliable seal. Interesting. Yeah. It, it, Interesting. it gets me the, the I'm, all, I'm always measuring the, the best case scenario when it comes to bass, right? So for in-ear headphones, I'm always measuring the, the aspect of, I'm, I'm always measuring the best case scenario of the seal. So I try to get the seal right. I know fully well that a lot of people, when they insert a headphone, will not get a perfect seal. Uh, th there's actually been a study on, you know, get, getting a trained listener to to to, to put in a, a headphone and then measuring the seal and like five out of ten times they get a actually pretty bad seal. So, getting a good seal with ear headphones is actually harder than it sounds with with human shaped ears. But with with the with the round measurement setup, it's it's much easier. So it's easier to get a best case scenario measurement oh, okay. with ear headphones than a round coupler. Yeah. Uh, knowing fully well that this doesn't always represent reality, but this is not the point in this case. I'm trying to get what's the best that's possible if you manage to get a good seal. Uh, what would you say is like the, I mean, apart from missing best case scenario, um, what would you say is like one of the challenges that you face when dealing with measurements? Is it, you know, like, so so I'll give you an example. Um, you know, some headphones use a, a angled driver, whereas other headphones don't. Um, does right. any of this kind of stuff have an effect on you know the way that the the measurement or the best case scenario, let's call it, um, ends up being or positioning things differently or any of that kind of um, stuff? I mean, angling the driver in an in-ear headphone is, is pretty much irrelevant, right? Uh, in an, yeah, in no, an for, for over here. Yeah, in an over-ear headphone, um, it's it's usually done to to increase the space for the pinner so that you have more space available for the for the earlobe and stuff, which is you know. What why the driver is angled in the first place? So you have more space for the pin, and not for acoustic reasons, but so that it doesn't touch your 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 ears. Um, mm -hmm. There are acoustic benefits, sure. Uh, they're they're a lot they're a lot smaller than marketing would have you believe. So of course, marketing tells you you have to angle drivers because sound is coming from them, then coming yeah. from the front, not from the yeah. side, and, and yada yada. And I've, I've I've written texts like this for marketing so that they can put it in their marketing videos. Uh, and it's not, that, it's not that those are a lie, right? So this is not false, but it's 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 really not as important as marketing makes it out to be. It's just mm -hmm. it makes for a good story, so you can put it in videos and, and talk about it in marketing. But as far as as actual you know acoustic engineering goes, um, it, it influences a lot less than than you than you think. Okay. So um, to your question, what what are the challenges with measurements? Uh, everything. Uh, where, where do we getting, start? Getting, yeah. Getting, yeah, exactly, exactly. Where do we start? So first of all, getting getting suitable measurement gear, getting this this gear calibrated. Um, oh yeah, we've got to put a pin on that because we recently had a, another site going online with uh, uh, actually it was it was Keith Howard from from yeah saw from that who put up his uh, headphone test lab and uh, I saw that on on some of his more modern measurements. Uh, so his his measurements in in twenty nineteen twenty eighteen. Once they posted on that, uh, they, they lined up perfectly with the ones that I, did, that I did within, you know, within unit variation, within measurement variations and things like that. But they, they lined up pretty well. And then starting somewhere in, in 2020, they started to deviate in the treble. And I couldn't really explain why. And then I, I tried to plot the difference. And then I, I realized, yeah, I've actually had this thing before. And I, I contacted him and we wrote about it. And uh, I think he's, he's trying to get his couplet recalibrated. Because I think what happened is that one of the that the microphone inside the coupler got dislodged somehow, which changes the acoustic oh, no. yeah. of the, the coupler. And of course, messes up all your results. And I've, I've had that to, I've had that happen to one of our couplers, and we had to get them, had to have them get recalibrated. Um, sent, you know, essentially send it back to the distributor and 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 
have to repair it and get it back. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you only realize that after you've made the measurement. So this is one of one of the aspects that that you have to care on. You have to take care of your your, your measurement equipment. You have to take care of the couplers. You have to calibrate your couplers. You have to um, every every you have to routinely test reference gear where you know the result and if the results don't up with what you measured last time then you know something's wrong so get keeping your measurement system up to date is very important mm-hmm. and then you know dealing with all the variances and performing as many measurements as are needed to be able to accurately judge how big those variances are so you, you cannot just you cannot just get a headphone put it on the head press measurement and and have a result that's 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 much it takes a lot longer than that you have to you know, you have to first have to measure at least, ideally, you measure measure more than one headphone, so you can get an average over multiple specimens. You can get a feel of the unit variation, but even with a single headphone, you have to measure the same headphone three, four, five times, maybe yeah. ten, fifteen times, just putting it back the same way. You know, taking it off of the head, putting it on the same head again, in in a way that feels the same to you, uh, and then see whether it actually gives you the same result. And this tells you about the the, the spatial variation of the headphone and how much. How much the exact placement of the, how much the exact position of the headphone in relation to the ear affects the result, and then you get a feel for that. And then you have to repeat the same by, by shifting the, the headphone forwards, backwards, upwards, downwards, and see how much that affects the result. And then you have to, you know, get the right averaging of all those measurements to get any any meaningful result on frequency response. Uh, and then you know we have to have to know which aspects of the re- of the frequency response are created by your measurement system like the the peak at roughly 12.5 kilohertz which is, which is created by the tube resonance of the coupler and is not actually a feature of any headphone that you're measuring but it's a feature of the measurement system uh so you have to know about about all those systems so uh the main the main issue with making measurements is being aware of all the inherent variation that is created by a measurement and being aware of which aspects affect the total variation and being able to not or withholding judgment on a on a measurement without keeping the all these these variations in mind so you you have to know when you take a measurement that if it for for whatever reason is not representative of the way that it would measure the other nine times that you measure it because of you know whatever variation existed when you took that one you have to know you know that's the one that you discard um i want to ask you as well though about unit variation and when you're looking at you know um somebody else who's done measurements, is there a chance that some of the differences that you might see with that measurement and the one that you've done, say, even if it's on the same rig, um, mm-hmm. is, is, is there, do you, do you ever think, oh, maybe this is because of unit variation? Oh yeah. A lot of times, very mm-hmm. often. Um, for example, what was the, one of the, the, the Haiferman, I think Sundara or Susvara, um, um, Keith Howard measured this and, and put the measurements up on his, on his uh, headphone test lab website. And you know they looked very much similar, so the, the overall shape was the same, and you could you clearly see that those were related. But some of the details, you know, around seven eight kilohertz, they, they just look different. And of course, the there's, there's this 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 thing with Hi-Fi headphones that they often have is the, the small wobbles between three hundred and eight hundred hertz, which is a, a result of their the way that they, they create their their planar drivers. And those did not line up with with the ones on on, on my measurement. So this. This is something that I attribute to to unit variation. There's and of course, uh, it's, it's a big thing with 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 biodynamic headphones, or not with yeah, biodynamic, yeah. With the DT770, 880, 990, where you know you can get you can get ten DT770s and have have them spread over very very big area, and 
of course, they will all sound like a TT770, right? So they would always be the same same headphone, but they will all sound a little different. They, they don't have the, the tightest tolerances, is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So yeah, for, this, this is definitely what happens. Um, for this Sundara, there's also the big question of uh, what, revision <laughs> and when yeah. that was done. That was recently yeah. brought to my attention. I, I I I don't know which which revision which revision I measured and, and what was changed. Yeah, actually, I've, I've to change. Yeah, yours kind of looks like an older one. I was gonna say because I, I the ones I've heard at many shows in the past have always had mids like the one you measured, but yeah, doesn't seem that way now. So I I actually spoke with um, Wheezy uh, about this as well because he recently got one, and he. You know, he's just using it on, you know, these uh, little ears rigs and seeing how they measure in those. But uh -huh. uh, his clearly looks like one of the older ones as well. But it was sent to him directly from, from China. Uh -huh. And and it was a new unit from China. And so I'm, I was thinking, well, maybe it, I mean, it was clearly the old unit, but maybe they just have a bunch set aside for, you know, reviewers or marketing purposes in there. Yeah, that's, that's based on the that, old. That usually happens. That's yeah. common. A lot, yeah, a lot of so, companies do that to to set a batch aside and then just keep it for for reviews and yeah, yeah. Because when I did my initial review back, you know, in the summer of 2019, um, I got two units directly from China, and they both measured the same on that rig, and they both also were the were the let's say call it the old version, and didn't they weren't anything like the when I say not anything, but they didn't they didn't have the same curve as the new one how, how much so. was the difference like is it is it is it just audible in a b or can you clearly tell yeah it's audible in a b yeah or okay. sorry it's you can clearly tell even if you're not a b yeah 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 it's it's okay, a so pretty it's, big difference yeah right well, like they have a general like similarity to them especially in the treble but the issue uh -huh. with the older one is there's an upper mid-range kind of shout uh, uh -huh. emphasis and then there's a uh -huh. bass roll off whereas on the new one there's no bass roll off and the upper mid range is way more relaxed i don't know if that metal is that a good characterization or that, that seems about right although i have heard of some unit variation even in the newest ones where the mm. bass extension might vary from unit to unit and it's not really a matter of seal i you think know, it's if, just an actual the bass extension is changing and it's 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 always an issue with seal but not necessarily an issue with the seal of the headphone against your head it can be an issue uh, you know, yes. of the diaphragm against the driver or against the, against the baffle or the earpads against the baffle. So there's a that lot of sense. potential leakage in the headphone. Yeah. So that's what I know. But yeah, I was really surprised. The reason why my review of that thing looked so surprised was because I when I when I was going into it, I was like, this is this is not going to turn out very good because it's funny. Even even though well, sound demos is opening up a whole other can of worms here, but. Honestly, when Olive did his sound demo of the thing, I was like, yeah, that's what I remember hearing, just a ton of upper mids, uh -huh. um, even from, especially for my taste, obviously. But yeah. yeah, then I got the new one, and I'm like, wait, what's going on? This actually sounds a little yeah. bit recessed versus yeah. uh -huh. like what like I've heard opposite. from a lot of headphones. Yeah. It's really yeah. weird. Yeah, that's probably a change of, no, I, I mean, I don't know, but it's... It could just be the... When you change to the back mesh of the... the, the... Oh. Something like this can happen when it, when the when the when they use a mesh with a different impedance without knowing it. Something like this can happen, but yeah, I don't know. Hey. Yeah, that, that makes some sense considering the whole cupped hands effect over open yeah. back headphones. Yeah, so, exactly. yeah. They they uh, said you know multiple different things were were changed. Well, I have multiple different reports saying different things were changed. <laughs> so some somebody said they changed the glue for the for the, for the oh, pads. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this this this. this. 
Oh man, glue, glue is glue is a whole other topic. Yeah. You, you guys, we have we have we have one engineer that does nothing else but decide on which glue to use for which project. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and is, he, is he busy? So glue glue is is very much very much a problem. And, and that maybe might be why. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's pretty yeah. wild. Um, but yeah, in in, in any case, uh, Fang Dan told me the only thing that they changed was the pad structure. Um, which also mm -hmm. lines yeah, up that, with that can also, be a, that can also yeah. have an effect on that yeah, well that was yeah. what i noticed right away when i first took the new one out of the box i was like well this doesn't look like the old one right. because of the pad right. it looked you know a little different but in yeah, any but case did, did, did the yoke hold up though? that's always a big question with, with oh and those ones it's all one piece the yoke is fine on those yeah ones. Yeah, yeah they finally yeah. improved it huh yeah well it's almost too much because now there's no cup swivel yeah i'm not a huge fan of the lack oh, of cup yeah. swivel but the new like with the pad the, the the newer pads they're more narrow in the front at least i found um mm -hmm. and so it's not as uncomfortable as when i first mm -hmm. tried it so yeah, yeah. I, I remember the, the senderos being moderately comfortable in my head but but not i, I couldn't get them to seal right because there was a you know there's a small point mm -hmm. below below behind your ear where, where the, the jawbone meets the skull yeah where it's where i always have trouble um, getting headphones to seal mm -hmm. it's, it's yeah. the, the, the trickiest spot Got to put some Odyssey head, uh, pads on the Sundar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, I think, <laughs> you know, interestingly, I think the Mobius actually tried to solve that because... Yeah, they have to have um, this small, it's, uh, it's, it's a little thicker in this, this, this region. Yeah, Odyssey said they had to do something special for that. They had to go to a push-up bra factory, not even making this up. <laughs> and that's where they got the idea to try to make that weird curve in the ear pad, yeah, which yeah. is great because a lot of people have that same problem in that exact yeah, spot. Yeah, because the thing about it is, is how do you how do you make you know a, a cloth material get to that shape and then stay in that yeah, shape? And yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would assume that bra manufacturers know a lot about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, uh, funny that you mentioned that because the the Sony Set One R uh, it also has a has a, a thicker ear pad in exactly that 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 region where the the jawbone meets the skull behind your ear. Uh, and it, it gets an amazingly perfect seal every time I put it on. Not that I particularly like how it sounds, but the seal, the seal, it does get very well. That's very consistent. I, I yeah. You're going to say they went to a bra manufacturer as well to get an operation for how it <laughs> yeah, looks. Yeah, that's what I thought. Knowing, yeah. knowing Sony, they probably bought a bra manufacturer. <laughs> they, they usually, when they do something, they usually go all out. I mean, they're the only company that makes their own balanced amateur uh, transducer, right? Yeah. Everybody buys you Knowles or, or Sony on or you Knowles know, offshoots like Belzing. What but I, I don't know about the uh, the um, the tubeless ones for uh, sixty four audio. I'm not sure about those. Oh yeah, right. They 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 do make their own. So they say. I, I don't know whether they actually yeah, do or whether they just whether they just do an, an OEM thing something. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. So I, I I haven't talked to them. So I don't know. But knowing yeah, generally that, though, Knowles. Yeah. Knowing how expensive manufacturing or just developing balanced amateur labs because is I can't imagine that they've done this by themselves because it's. Mm -hmm. It's hugely expensive, and, and making custom anyone it just doesn't make you that much money. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't imagine that they've, they've put up this much money. If if they manage to do, then color me surprised. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so most companies don't make their own balance dimensions, and yeah. Sony Sony is actually the third biggest manufacturer of BAs, so they they certainly went all in. Oh wow! Yeah, uh... yeah. I I just know that I was not prepared at all for. What I experienced hearing the M9 at Can Jam, I was like, "Oh, look, another Sony. I've heard of this." And then I put it in, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? This cannot yeah. be this amount of detail right here. This is crazy." Yeah, Sony, yeah. Sony in your headphones, they they do a lot of things right. They do a lot of things right. 
Actually, yeah, their in ears are definitely better. I think we I had this conversation recently. It's a Sony. My favorite in ear headphone is a, is a Sony, the N3. It's amazing. There's, there's I, almost I nothing I would change about it. I need, still need to try the M9. I've tried the Z1R, like the IER Z1R. It does a totally different better. things right, I think, than the <laughs> M9. They're like, yeah, it's like they, they've, yeah, they've tried to get. Game, yeah. Yeah, they've tried to get the most out of the technology that they're using. Like the Z1R yeah. has that dynamic impact to it yeah. that is probably does it the best, which I think is why Crin likes it so much. And but the M9 in the same way has like some of the best detail I think I've heard in any IEM but while Better using BAs. U12T? Uh, U12T sounds kind of rolled off to me. I don't know why. <laughs> I I have to I have to I have to listen to it at home. Yeah. I don't know what's up with that thing. I haven't listened to it in a quiet environment yet, but right. even in a loud environment, the M9 was just out of control. I don't know. I don't know what why. What I like about the M9, I mean, it, it's amazing, right? So, but but the one thing that, that always irks me about it is, you know, it, what it does, a, a, it frequencies above eight to nine or nine k. So above the ear canal resonance, there's there's just slightly too much energy going on for my taste. No, which which other people definitely often yeah. like. And I'm starting so to think maybe. Yeah, that could be part of the reason why I liked it at the show a lot, but then I'm bringing it home and yeah, it might yeah. get fatiguing quickly. So it's yeah, it's exactly. you got to be careful with those impressions for the same yeah. reason. Yeah, that's what I like about the set one already. It does that range. It just makes it perfectly. I'd be curious. Yeah, it definitely doesn't overemphasize uh, that. Yeah, of the uh, drop blessing too. If you guys get a chance to hear that one, I just want to hear the Starfield. I think Max said he was going to send his. To uh, me. The Starfield oh, is uh, Starfield is is interesting. Interesting. It, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it, it does a lot of things, right? But from from one k to three k, it's just that's yeah. not. It's, it's a yeah. little too much for me. Yeah, and you hear it like it's in. It's not really? one of those things huh. where it's like you have to really pay attention. Like no, you just pretend on your whatever music and you notice it right away. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. But I it does to... so much it's else like right. If, if you mix, that's... if you mix, you know, twenty percent of a of a grotto headphone inside, that's that's roughly what it sounds. <laughs> oh, but wow. at the it same time, that... like. For a hundred dollars, like <laughs> not, not in a not in a bad way, right? It's 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 a good headphone. So oh, I just I do that like kind it. of coloration. It's, okay. Yeah, it's got a little yeah. coloration in it. Yeah. Whereas in, in a good way. So cool. I think the blessing two is a little bit more normal there. It still has a. I I feel like there's a peak somewhere there in like six point five kHz, but I need to like actually. I haven't yeah, even I looked at a measurement. That's just by ear. What's is it, is it a lot different? Is is the blessing two a lot different to the blessing to the blessing one? Apparently it is. Um, okay. I, I, I've, heard again, the, I, I've heard the blessing, but the blessing too, I haven't heard yet. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't heard the original, the blessing. But the, um, didn't they lower the bass shelf a little bit or something? I can't remember. Uh, maybe what I read Crin, about it. Crin told me that the blessing one didn't have much for bass slam, and the blessing two definitely has it. Oh. So, um, like, I, I yeah, would. Bass, bass in in-ear headphones is just impossible to get right. Yeah. Where I thought, okay, this has the exact perfect amount of extension. The exact perfect amount of boost and the exact perfect yeah. amount of integration of the low mids. I've never heard that in an in an headphone. I, I think it's, it's close, headphone. but it's it's. I think it's still a bit too much for me on the blessing too. But yeah. it's aimed at a Harman over ear target, as far as I understand. Uh -huh. And yeah, that, they get pretty close. I think. I I believe they agree with audiophiles. I thought I read this somewhere. Maybe maybe I, I don't remember where, but their their they their internal research has shown that their customers want. Harmon, but with less upper mids again <laughs> and less bass shelf, so that's less what I think they're mids, looking yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is it's it's one of the one of the target responses. It's very typical for for any headphones. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I think your your personal response there 
um, for the IEM PDFs is um, kind of similar to that, less upper mids yeah, and that, less space. Actually, that's actually not my personal one. My personal one is that one, but with less space. Oh, but even more or less than that. Okay. Most, most people always say, say that they like more base than I do. So for the ones that that, that, that upload with, with, with the oratory target, um, this is with with what what I found to have the, the average amount of base that most people agree with. It's certainly a bit a little bit on the fun side, so it it, it doesn't have yeah, it, yeah. it does have a lot of base, okay. uh, but in a in a in a in a fun way. Uh, me personally, it, I, I use basically the same, but with two to three decibel less space below below two fifty hertz. Yeah, yeah, like the ER four XR is Harman Harman, but with less less upper mids and less space. Yeah, that's what I think a lot of audio files are starting to converge on. So I don't know. I wonder if. Sean is going to do something about that or not, but <laughs> or no, if his research I, will show that, I, it, that least, it's different. At least I don't he know. Have to because it's 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 it fully agrees with his research. It, it, you know, in, in his in his paper, I think it was two thousand nineteen on on listener segmentation. This is exactly one one of the ranges where listeners fall into. Oh the right, group. yeah. He makes categories. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, the, the group that prefers a little less space than a Harman target, and and the the, the so this is the, the part about basement ones and the, the upper mids. It's just a testing methodology, which when you test it the way that Harman tested, this is going to be the result. But if you test it with more background noise, then you're going to have a result with lower or with, with, with less upper mids. So yeah, it's just testing methodology in this case, which is again, brings me, brings us back to how should you interpret Harman target? Should you just blindly queue to it and then call it a day or should you, you know, listen? Yeah. 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 That's why I always tell people like any EQ preset is just some opinion and you should really play with it. And... Yeah see what Definitely. you prefer so Definitely. and and this um, is something that, that i always say like if you're gonna if you're gonna use the cues that that i calculate don't don't blindly type it in you know deactivate every single filter activate it see if it improves things change the change the gain around yeah see see what, what you prefer especially for the base and for the for the upper travel like you ha you have to personalize your EQ, your EQ if you if you're gonna go as far as to use EQ, which you know this is, this is not a question of whether you should use EQ, but if you're gonna use EQ, personalize it. Don't just don't just blindly read something on the internet, put it in your in your PCQ, and then say, okay, I've used EQ, so I'm now using Harman Target. So objectively, you have the best headphone ever. That's that's not. You you, you heard it here first, <laughs> directly from Oratory. <laughs> I don't even have to say it anymore. Yeah. I'm just at this point, I'm just almost like trolling that subreddit of. Like, well, why people keep doing this? Why? <laughs> it's not the purpose of those PDFs. Actually, for me, the PDFs are more of a purpose of looking at the craft, but that's because yeah, that's, I'm that's, always going to end up coming up with my own profile anyway, like I'm everybody actually, should. I'm actually working on that, on, on, on getting a sort of website going that, that just essentially is, is a, a graph plotting tool of just plotting the, 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 the graphs of all the measurements that I've made so far. Because yeah, that'll be great. We definitely is, need one. Yeah, because this is what I think most people are interested in. Even if you know you shouldn't look at frequency response measurements, but if you already have heard the, the headphone, looking up the frequency response, it might be interesting. Yeah, with the, with the graph, this can be helpful sometimes. Yeah, uh, so for me, I, I think that frequency too. response is really helpful. For um, one of the best things you can do is, as you buy a couple of different headphones, which you will probably do, not just one. If you're in this hobby, then that's inevitable. Um, now you can look at the graphs for each one of them, and if you play with EQ, then you can learn what those peaks and dips sound like and see yeah, if you can exactly. correlate yeah. to the graphs. And now your next purchase, if you decide to look at a graph before purchasing, and hopefully don't assume that everything about the sound is is in is in there, 
Um, it'll give you a better idea, though, as to whether the natural tone of that headphone is closer to your liking or not. That's yeah, what exactly. I find is most yeah. useful about that kind of stuff. Exactly. It's not going to replace trying the headphone out. It's yeah. But it's going to give you an idea of, is this something that's worth trying out? Like, right. I know I know for myself that I don't like a lot of a lot of energy in the 1 to 2 kilohertz region. So if you look at a headphone, if a, at a frequency response like a Grado headphone, and I see a huge peak at 1.5K, <laughs> yeah. um, then I know, okay, it's cool. This is this is what they're aiming for, and I respect that, and I love the company and all, but this is just not what I, what I personally want in a headphone. So having listened to Grado headphones before, if there's another headphone that, that has a similar frequency response to that, I can I will roughly be able to tell, okay, this is gonna sound similar to this aspect of a Grado headphone, and I know that I don't like this, so I'm I'm not gonna have to spend a lot of energy on finding this headphone to be able to try it out, because I'm probably not gonna like it. Of course, if they if they have it on display in my local store, I'm still gonna try it out because I wanna I still I wanna see if it correlates with it. yeah what was measured. Yeah. It's extremely important, but if they don't have it, then I, I'm not gonna make them order it so that just so that I can try it out and then of course tell them no, I don't like it. Um but you know this saves this saves some some aspect this saves some time on the on the choosing process. But it, it, it's no replacement for trying out a headphone. Yeah, it, it helps with blind buying, but it's not. Yeah, you can't just assume everything. Yep. Um, yeah. I recently just in my latest uh, LCDX review video, I've been getting a lot of people, you know, saying that if you're spending twelve hundred dollars on a headphone, um, you should expect it to be perfect and not have to yeah. mess with it after oh, the yeah, fact. Oh yeah, you should. You should, but, absolutely. But, and yeah, it's like, ideally. <laughs> the whole market is really <laughs> yeah. not. But I, I have yet to experience yeah. that. Exactly, right. it doesn't exist yet. I don't, I, there's yeah. nothing yeah. yet that I think, and that's why yeah, it was I mean, so refreshing to hear from Sankar. <laughs> What's that? The, the PM3 was pretty close for me. I, I, I never right. found myself, like I, I did an EQ setting for the PM3 and of course it, it changes some things of it, but you know, changing back and forth, it doesn't necessarily make it better. It makes it different, but it's not it's not objectively getting better. It's kind of so. inherently got its... Yeah, like every headphone kind of has its own... Yeah. It's very hard to say this in front of an acoustic engineer, but every headphone kind of has its own type of sound to it, and like you can change it to some degree with EQ, but no, that's, it's that's true. never going to become something completely different as far as I know yet, because like you said, you would have to emulate every aspect i think yeah. when you did that right up you had to emulate every aspect of what it's like on your head your head then, and only your head the only thing you can change with the queue is is you know the, the the minimum face portion so and even then only the static ones you cannot you cannot change the distortion can, characteristics are totally yeah uh, yeah i'm not even gonna get into distortion i'm just you know just these things that affect the frequency response which cannot be remedied with the queue so of course, if if you have like like a phase cancellation, this is something that's that's non minimal oh, phase. Okay. So you have to EQ on that. Uh, but even if you ignore that, there are aspects to a headphone to a frequency response which cannot be acute, like leakage tolerance. If, if yeah. there's a headphone, if there's a headphone that is very non leakage tolerant, like the like the uh, K three seven one, like you're wearing glasses right now, right? So I'm, I'm assuming yeah. that that you you're not gonna have the same bass response that I have when I put the, the same headphones on my head simply because you're not getting the same kind of deal, uh, seal on them. And those headphones, they're, they're very non-leakage tolerant just because of the way that they're designed. It's one of the trade-offs that they made to have a, a, an acoustic appearance that's non, not leakage tolerant. Um, and this is something that I can't fix with EQ. Of course, I can make an EQ that, that gives you the same frequency response or the same bass response on your head and then use a different EQ that gives me the same bass response on my head. So you have to use a different EQ to get to the same result. 
but you cannot use my IQ setting because the leakage will be different in your head and the headphones are not leakage tolerant, so they will change the behavior. Yeah, it's a challenge. measuring them on your head, there's nothing I can do about that. It's a challenge with measuring with glasses as well because you don't know the thickness of the of the glasses either. Yeah, so you don't know yeah, how yeah. much it's going to be. Yeah. yeah. Like I tried it with, like these ones are really thin, but I tried it with thick ones as well. Yeah, I usually try with and without. Definitely with the 371, I gain a couple dB more in the sub base um, without glasses, but it's okay because I don't really need that anyway <laughs> in my yeah, situation. That's, that's the thing that the 371, it does a little more sub base than, than, than what is necessary. Yeah. I don't mind. It's cool. Sounds good. But if you're not getting the perfect seal, the things that you're missing are not things that you absolutely need. So it's still a good sounding. Yeah, it's kind of lucky in that way. I also like that they didn't extend. Actually, I, I, I think I think like that they didn't extend the shelf all the way out to the normal uh, mid base hump. Because for audiophiles, we tend to look down on that amount of yep. bass sometimes. <laughs> so. Does it come down to like around 120 hertz or something? Or where does it? And it's it's much sooner. I think it ends by like wow. seventy or eighty, something like oh, wow. that. Oh wow! Okay. For the most part, so actually the mid bass actually actually sounds kind of bass shy, and some people have said it sounds kind of. I don't know. For close back, flat. I find I kind of like that. Like where it. it I know of... that's that's why I was like, this is actually. I, I'm yeah, guessing that this was probably some physical limitation, though. There's two shelves on it. It was one of one of them is at, I think like like you said, seventy, eighty hertz, and there's another yeah. one at roughly two hundred hertz, and in combination. In combination, they roughly get the, the same balance as the as prescribed, prescribed by the Harman, uh, by the Harman research. So they get on, on the average that is done in their papers. But you know, you don't have to hit that exactly. Mm -hmm. it's just yeah, getting, it's getting more focused on the sub base though. In, in the, the case, yeah. yeah. Right. Anyways, yep. we've been going for a couple hours now. <laughs> yeah, we're coming uh, up we on wanna, two. Yeah, ask, uh, give the floor to if there's anything else you guys want to, any other subjects you, you guys want to cover. Um, I'll add, I'll add all this to the original one later on. So, metal. Was there anything else you want to ask uh, oratory? I mean, I, I'm sure we'll, I'm, I'm sure I'll be asking you more stuff in like you know, text. Yeah. And whatnot. It, after it almost but. feels like we touched on a bunch of subjects that we didn't like dive into that much. It almost feels like we should do this again. Yeah, um, going going back and see uh, what we want to expand on, like because I think the Harmon research is pretty. Like, like for example, one thing I think we should cover next time is like the Harmon research is pretty, I think, misunderstood. I mean, I haven't even read the papers either myself, yeah. and you have. So some of have, the aspects of it. Sorry. Do you have the actual papers? And not at the moment, no. Okay. Yeah, I should probably get them to you some way. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be that'd be great because like the. It's a lot of it is very misinterpreted. People are, are going yeah. looking at it and seeing this plot and saying, okay, so this is what a headphone should sound like. This is correct, thinking, okay, 100%. This yeah. is the response that we need to do. No, this is not what the Harmony papers are saying. They're just doing research on what people prefer yeah. when, they're, when they're asked certain questions in the certain conditions. And then basing from that, this is an average that you can get out of it. But you can process the data in a different way. You know, the, 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 the oratory 1990 target for any headphones that perfectly complies with that research. It's just a different interpretation of that research, right? You, you can, you, if you want, you can call it a Harmon target. It, it, that's fine. It's, it, it's, it's based oh, that's on fascinating. I didn't know that. Can you? Based on the same it just interprets in a different way. Can you interpret it that excludes all the base heads from the preference? Curve? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, of course. That's awesome. See, because I wonder about that. About I'd love to see like the the um, test, like the the, the conditions 
um, that they're yeah. so like get all the different you know like how everything is conducted and then right. also like we can do, a, we can do a, an, another podcast where we just go through the single they're they're just the, the, the different phases of the research you know go, the takeaways from each paper and yeah detail it and see what what we can learn from it and what we cannot learn from that we, we can do it no, I think what we need is we need to get Olive and you on here and then do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please, yeah. Dr. Olive, come on. We want you on the show. <laughs> I'll bug him again on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> if he has time, awesome. he's quite busy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Anyways, uh, yeah, should, we should probably do this again. And we'll yeah. definitely do this again. And hopefully the next time we try it out, the uh, internet will we'll be back up and running. Yeah, this, we'll run the, this, issues. this was a good segment. So hopefully yeah. uh, when you upload it, everybody will watch. Yeah. Well, I'm also going to have this uh, as a podcast. Again, I should probably remember to say that at the beginning of the show. So that's cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, the idea is so that, you know, people don't want to be sitting in front of YouTube, you know, the whole time they can just go to the, the podcast section. So I'll cobble it all together and then we'll we'll have it all in one. Anyways, great. thank you both right, so great. much for, for coming on and we'll do this again. Uh, and for everybody who is watching live, we'll, we'll, we'll do this one again all live at one point. We'll get some Q&A in there for the next one. But uh, yeah, right. that, that does it for now. And uh, yeah, thanks everybody for watching.